do you know what I wanted to be when I grew up, when I was younger? Uh, sanitation worker. Mm-hmm. What else? That was number one. But if I had to pick a number two. The best typist in the typist pool. Mm, that wasn't in the running for me. I think that would have been. You really don't know? No. Uh, oh, an archaeologist. Oh, my God. Thank you. Jeez, Louise. Now, if I had to pick a, a, like an actual real second one, so in this case, like a fourth one, what would it have been? Well, that's not how the number system works, though. No, it was I meant like sanitation to... worker, typist, oh, archaeologist, okay. and that's number that's four. A music teacher. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, that is not the case. Um, unexpected uh, development in life. But before we get into what we're really going to talk about today, um, let's go through it. So we're here. We're queer. Now, now give, give me, me my, my entertainment. entertainment. What I thought you would say was a marine biologist. Oh, you know what? I do know that, but... And then I thought you would say uh, an astronaut. I don't think that's in the cards for you. I think that you would be way too fearful. And marine biologists going in the water, like uh, those are... Oh, no, no. Let's just... These are very uh, like pipe dreams. You know, like... uh, What I mean by I wanted to be it is that I did one report for one project one time that said marine biologist. That's it. And then for astronaut, I didn't actually ever really truly want to be an astronaut because I think I was fearful. I just always thought it was fascinating. But archaeologist, though, for a hot minute, and by that I mean, I don't know what, like six months of my life, I was gung-ho. Anytime any adult ever asked me, what do you want to be when you grow up? I was like, I'm going to be a, 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 an archaeologist, which became then a paleontologist because of Jurassic Park. I don't know what stronghold the Marine Biologist Society had on our generation. <laughs> no but idea. I... Isn't they're, it crazy? Their funding dried up because mm-hmm. I'm telling you, nobody talks about that field of study anymore. I don't even think it's real. I don't even think it's real either. I think this was the biggest lie of our generation because uh, like nine, your statistic, nine out of 10 people wanted to be a marine biologist and nobody we, even knew what it was. We all thought, well, uh, they probably you, thought that it was like a was? fashion job, like c- cerulean blue. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So what did you think it was? If I you had study to do whales. It? I don't know. Look at plankton. I have no idea. No, I didn't think plankton. I thought whales. Then I thought really pretty animals, like the real pretty. Work at SeaWorld? Sea anemone. No, I never thought SeaWorld either. I always thought fairly like a solitude kind of job. What's the word I'm thinking for? Like a solitary. Mm -hmm. Like it's a solitary job, I thought. You did things that were pretty technological. Like I used to think, you know, get in like some suit, some suit thing that would (laughs) allow me to go into the water and like observe the like stingrays and their pretty colors (laughs) that was what i think i thought but as an adult looking back on that i would probably argue that is a more terrifying experience going in the water that way than it is to go in space as an astronaut because in the world of space you know i don't know i think that space is the emptiness of space is a little that's terrifying that's the equivalent of being buried alive to me like sort just of floating out in in infinitely. space yeah for sure i get that but what Look, i mean if though we only all had marine biology money from the from the 90s from the great marine biology uh what'd you call it epoch i don't know <laughs> the great marine biology conservatory 
society. Society, that's what it was. The Great Marine Biology Society that's forcing all these children to to do the work. You know of, what uh, it probably was? It was probably one highlights uh probably. one highlights magazine thing that was issued that focused on marine biology. And you know what? And that- we all ate it up that and we author, were like thank you and next serving please yeah i'll have extra <laughs> that author probably was just doing their job thinking i failed at my career of being a writer because all i'm doing is writing for highlights magazine mm-hmm. and now here is that author who has fundamentally changed the scope of the world unknowingly knowingly i don't know so point is Take never your job know. seriously. You never know. Exactly. Or just take the paycheck and enjoy life. Who cares? That's true, too, because that <laughs> the results of your work will happen regardless. <laughs> That's totally true. So Look at you- us. We don't even get a paycheck for doing this, and we love it. <laughs> um, that's what you think. <laughs> Oh, you're, that's why the mattress mattress has been so, you're stuffing everything under there. Yeah. It's so lumpy now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I actually, not going to lie, when I rolled over yesterday to cuddle with you and Cheddar, mm-hmm. I, I rolled down to you. Oh, I've been spending all that cash from my side. <laughs> what is that all about? Um, so th- how does this connect? Does it connect to anything we're talking about? Yeah, all of these are very prestigious career choices except for marine biologists because we still haven't figured out what it is but you know what maybe marine biology is the study of discovering what marine biology is there you go that's what it is and i bet when they find it there will be a highlights author who's on call (laughs) ready to write the article and make the change that we need Um, was highlights where where's waldo came from or was it just featured a lot or it am I never. crossing? I'm crossing streams. No, I think. I think what you were thinking is that in highlights there was that one page where you had to search for things, mm, and it would give right. you the answer in the bottom right, upside upside down. down. You're and, right. Okay, in you're very right. tiny font, and I would occasionally like pretend that twist your head a little yeah, too far, a little and too far. Little, like, oh, there's the yeah. apple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I would think. Uh, was we, it the next, the next uh, series or the next? Uh, what are the, what? What are it's volume what is it okay. that's a word. addition okay the next edition of it addition addition not addition 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 that's what i'm saying addition okay. mm-hmm. <laughs> is what is the like the solution was to the problem the next no i think they gave you the circles in the next one of like where oh, the things were. Oh, maybe. You had a maybe whole right. like week or month or whatever the sequence uh, what was. was. The end? What was the... I don't whatever. know. I don't know. Release rate. Last night, we watched For All Mankind. And it spawned quite the conversation uh, for a variety of different things. And For All Mankind is an Apple TV Plus show on Apple TV Plus about space. And I feel... And I think Chris feels this way, but I feel this show is truly one of the best shows that has existed in quite some time. And I feel like me and Chris and a few other folks are the only ones who are watching this. I don't understand why it's not talked about all the time. Has it won any awards or anything? Like, I feel like it's gotten some acclaim. It has gotten acclaim from critics. Critics, I think, universally 
think that it's really good. But you know the water cooler moments? Oh, that died with COVID. Nobody does that anymore. Oh, well, look, Twitter has become the water cooler. Okay. And for me... Oh, that's a cesspool of a... I wouldn't drink that water. (laughs) It is very cesspool. It is very swampy and very uh, buggy and definitely filled with disease. Mosquitoes. However, I do think... Elon All Musk. of those things and Elon Musk. <laughs> He's literally got a, just picture that fat face with a like sucker coming right out of it, like a mosquito. Yeah. And he's just sucking up the money. I get it. I didn't know where you were going with that, but I get it now. <laughs> so my, my, the, the reason I bring up Twitter is I would like to think that I have curated what is arguably the best timeline on the planet. And this has come from 15 years of using Twitter, which I barely ever tweet, but I don't even like anything like hard it. It's just that throughout the years, the random one-offs or two accounts that I follow like a year have developed into some sort of perfect algorithm of content that I receive. So when I get on Twitter, I get all of the most important. I get the temperature check. That's most important to get. Of what people think about things. <laughs> I think that that's like literally the personalization behind the algorithm. So like Let there's somebody live. out there. Let me live. There's definitely somebody <laughs> out there. There's a, hundreds of thousands of users. Who are like my timeline is the best. I All I get are highlight, highlight posts and answers to the previous editions series. And that's all that I've ever wanted. And that's wanted. all I've ever wanted. And you know what? They only follow highlight on Twitter. Well, I and marine biologists. <laughs> I think it's mine is the winner. That's okay. full stop. Okay, and absolutely no one has talked about for all mankind in your timeline. In my timeline, it doesn't exist. So my so to, to, to sort of paint the picture of what's going on in the other side of things, there was a brief period of time during the Stranger Things season four hype that anything that i saw was stranger things it could have been a conversation about finances uh in i don't know north korea north korea and i would it would somehow relate to stranger things that's the that's what i'm trying to say here that literally no one is talking about for all mankind and i don't really understand it because it's pretty it's been pretty consistent good like there have been some dips in things did, and um, arguments that, argue, you know, it could be uh, argued rather that some seeds are better than others or episodes are better than yeah. others. But generally speaking, I would say that it's I, a lot of good. I think it does have a, like, a pretty specific audience, like targeted audience. And I think that we, it's sort of catered to us and our demographic. And so... You mean gay ranchers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. I and Mara- and former marine biologist. Oh, right. Oh, I, how can I you forget? forgot? Former marine biologist enthusiasts <laughs> who are now gay, gay ranchers. ranchers. Yep. That's the, that yep. probably, I didn't follow that account. You didn't. And that's literally the, that's the crux of it. <sighs> that would be the, Let the, me get cherry, on the cherry on top of your account, your timeline. Yeah. But I think it's pretty specific because it's like super sci-fi heavy um, and not 
everybody maybe appreciates that because it's like too scientific for them and they maybe don't get joy in watching that. I love it. I think it's fantastic. So I think you just said that dum-dums don't like it. Yeah, pretty much. So I get what but, you're saying about the sci-fi, but I actually <laughs> want to disagree with you because I don't think that it's actually that sci-fi heavy. I think that when we talk about sci-fi, we talk about a part of the our future collectively that it, that we aspire to maybe have exist one day, but it's just out of our reach. And what sci-fi, good sci-fi does well, is makes us pretend like that is possible even though it's kind of not and i think when sci-fi works like for example the movie alien or battlestar galactica those work really well to bridge that gap between what we have right now versus what could exist beyond our generation this show i think is very much within our generation it's very much now yeah, like yeah. it's things that can happen that didn't because of politics that didn't because of but it's, know, awful people, it's not but. future fiction it's science fiction so this is literally like science nasa space but a fictional version of that storytelling i guess so that. that's why i think it's like Do we need a new word because that's confusing because now i just said i'm i'm i coined it already it's future fiction which one is future future fiction? fiction would be the battlestar galacticas all of those that are well beyond what we're doing now Sci science uh, I mean, fiction you, you heard it here first i would say is more of like anything that's science focused but a fake version of it yeah and i feel like this fits the bill wow i'm i'm stunned i have yeah. no more words that's it call it call it well that's a wrap thanks for tuning in to another episode <laughs> of the Air streamers podcast but wait i like so i mean i do think that it's very tailored to us um, uh, the question that I have for you is, did the morning show get any acclaim when, on your so-called Twitter timeline? Um, season one, it did. And then season two, as if it never existed. So what I want to say is that I actually don't think that Apple, Apple, the company, I don't think they do as good a job as maybe some other companies do for promoting the shows. Yeah, I think that they're and you know, I mean, they're very much about word of mouth, I feel. Yes. Even for, sure. for every for everything. There were never commercials for the Apple stores. They relied on word of mouth yeah. to really advertise them and you saw how they blew up. So it's like I think they I think they they're trying that. for that here, but I don't know that that's necessarily the like when you're sitting and watching TV and you see an ad and you're like, "Oh, I want to see that show." you're literally in the environment that you will be consuming that mm -hmm. stuff. So it's like, I, I feel like they should invest more in this advertising. But here's the thing though, to flip that about lack of uh, advertisement, not working for Apple, Ted Lasso for a long time was the show that everybody talked about. I still in my timeline, my perfect timeline still get uh, things about Ted Lasso and quotes and moments and jokes and whatever. And that is an exact replica of for all mankind, but a different version in the sense that yeah. it's made by Apple. It's on Apple TV plus it's an original show. It had, you know, critical acclaim, but also commercial acclaim. So my question really becomes why is nobody talking about for all mankind? Yeah, but that's what that's literally playing in the, the, the argument that I'm making is that I 
feel like Ted Lasso is very approachable. Show. Very approachable because people love the sports. This is true. I was going to say like we're the we're the anomaly in that we don't like sports, but we like space. The people who like sports and space. They're are, getting gold date, gold age of television. They're living the life now. Yeah, throwing, but, throwing. Uh, hmm, I was gonna say dragons, but then I thought about it and I didn't want to say dragons. Well, you can throw in uh, talk or daytime talk shows, and they would love <laughs> morning show. Then the trifecta. That's literally that's that's who you need to follow on that, Twitter. That's it. The trifecta. Yeah. Somebody who likes the morning or likes daytime <laughs> news shows, morning sports, news shows, sports, and, and space. future fiction or no science fiction, space. Oh, yeah, got it. The, Jeez, Louise, I'm not. If there was ever a Prince Charming, that's it. Mm-hmm. So tell us then <laughs> why <laughs> why is no one talking about for all mankind? We don't we don't know the answer. We're not going to fully explore it, but I think that it's freaking good it's really good now, it's such a great story like a and the storytelling it is remarkable there will be a couple of spoilers that we share so um if you plan on watching it just understand that we're gonna dance around some stuff and maybe be very specific about a few things in a little bit but the the crux of the show is a world where what if russia landed on the moon first in uh Whenever the sixties, yeah, the sixties, and uh, the timelines of the, of this show have thrown me off. Oh, there's what? no sense of time. Yeah, it's just because they're just jumping. moving, and also yeah. like the fact that there are iPods in. This is going to be the first show to go from sci-fi to future fiction. Yeah, <laughs> totally true. But uh, it it season one dealt with Russia getting to the moon first, then season two dealt with us. Uh. I guess like coming to terms with um well the base the base like yeah, the, the base, base building on, of, of on the moon yeah it was like okay who's going to get to the moon second season was the conflict that happens when you have two superpowers establishing bases on on a brand on new planet a, yeah and the not conflict that, the moon, that happens the moon's there not a planet is the moon a planet I think it's a satellite. Yeah. No, it's not right. a planet. Yeah. Pluto isn't even a planet. They took that yeah. away. Yeah. They they stripped that of its rights. <laughs> the, yeah. the Pluto Planetary Society <laughs> lost funding in the 90s. As you see, if you ever chart, if you ever charted a, a graph of funding, marine biologists <laughs> in the 90s are sucking up all the funds from the Pluto Planetary Fund. Yeah. And they both and died at the same time. Literally, they crashed 2000 with the with the dot com boom. Yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> All that money dried up. Unbelievable. <laughs> so Pluto's planetary funding stripped Pluto of its rights, um, and now we know that Pluto Pluto's not a planet. Neither is the moon. And on the moon, this future no, the science fiction world is establishing Russia and. United States of America in an attempt to like air quotes work together. But of course, like they're not, but like the that's thing that's also two. interesting is that the cold war is sort of also playing out at the same time on earth. So you sort of have space like confrontation and then also earth confrontation. And it's really interesting, like that that component of it too. I was just telling Chris before. Um, and then a lot of interpersonal things, obviously. Yeah. Something I love about the show 
they'll deal with these huge sci-fi future fiction things and simultaneously they'll deal with very interpersonal relationships on earth and so the the macro is as macro as it can get and then the micro is as micro as it yeah can that's get. a great great way to and put it's it it's very very cool to see both of them play out simultaneously um and especially in this last season where that happened now at the end of season two spoiler alert one of the final shots that we saw of season two's finale after the sort of conflict resolves itself or, or whatever, however you want to put it, uh, almost in a very Marvel like post credit scene, there is a shot of Mars. Like we don't even know it's Mars. We just see red sand pull back, pull back. And in our minds, we're just thinking it's a cool fit image of Mars. And maybe that's where they're going to maybe go one day. And then a, an astronaut's foot lands right on the, the, the dirt and it says like 1995 and then it's, it cuts. So like we're already, we jumped, we already are on Mars and that's what season three is all about. You and know, it's so freaking cool. When to I see think it all back to out. the beginning of, of, uh, this season, it's remarkable what they've been, how they, what story they've taken us through. Like, it's just really crazy because they're, when it's starting in the season, if you remember, it's all about the like low Earth orbit, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to give too much away. But then by the end of it, we're like, they're pedal to stuff. the metal. Yeah. Yeah. That one shot, uh, space really is terrifying. And, and, and there's a, there's a scene where some badness happens and someone basically gets like pushed away from the ship by an object terrifying absolutely terrifying yeah it scares it makes my butthole pucker so to say they're still it. floating out there yeah literally actually yeah and that absolutely terrifies me to think about. that's what i'm saying that's what like i love but space my point stuff is, but that doesn't mean it. that i would want to do it my point is you do not know what's in that uncharted uh depths of whatever what's the the deepest part the trench I don't know. You're the you're the marine biologist, <laughs> Mariana Trench, or something. Or is that on Mars or the moon? <laughs> I don't know. I am not an astronaut or uh, uh, a marine biologist, Mariana Trench. What did you get your marine biologist degree from Trump University? <laughs> oh yeah, that's what happened, and it's gone now. Yeah, it's the deepest thing. Anyway, going far into that, if we had a little like. I don't know, Titanic, you know, that little ship thing that they use in Titanic to go down. and Oh, yeah, the little Alvin thing. Yeah. If we had one of those, we went down all the way and we saw some stuff. Like if we just, if the literal Kraken was released, that would be more terrifying to me than the thought that in space you could just float forever until you die. Like we know that. We know that that's what's happening in space. We don't know what's going on in the depths of of our trench. I don't know. I That's think that. So I think they're both terrifying, but um, I would course, say that I find some comfort in the familiar familiarity of being on this planet. I found last night after the episode ended, there was a conversation that took place. Um, I forgot what they called it. It's like 
science time and learn about the science of the episode or whatever it was. And uh, the woman who plays Margot in the show, her name was like Ren Schmidt. I loved that name. What a cool Dude, she's name. a great actress. Wonderful. Has actress. she done any this is her first like breakout role? Because I think she was No one great. knows that she's even acting. I think yeah, I think this is actually not fiction. That's in what fact, I'm saying. And this is just playing out in another universe. I'm telling you, no one even knows I feel we have access to something wonderful. So Ren Schmidt tells us she's not a scientist, she's an actor. But she tells us about the science behind the episode. So they say. So they say. I don't know. Um, and she revealed to us some stuff that is, in fact, now. It's science of now. And Chris was telling me more about it. And I had absolutely no idea. And I want Chris to tell us more. Educate the folks on this wonderful five-star podcast, which, by the way, if you are listening to this podcast and you're still here, rate us on uh, wherever you're listening to five yeah, stars, five stars so that only. we can get some of that marine biology money yeah we actually get no money on Zero, ratings yeah. but uh, we love a good five star that's uh, what i'm saying so anyway tell us um well, it takes five seconds you open up the app you click a little stars you're done yeah go ahead sorry it's as easy as i <laughs> got his marine <laughs> biology degree from trump university <laughs> um well no i mean it's just they were talking about like the difference between fusion and fission and like the the benefits of of getting to fusion so nuclear fusion fusion, nuclear fission so fission is like the nuclear power that we know from for years now and it's good because well it's good because it doesn't really make any greenhouse gases and it's bad because it's bad because it makes a lot of like radioactive waste so you have to get rid of all of that junk somewhere and it takes thousands of years. Tell me for the beach to... ball story. Cause that really resonated with me yesterday. Yeah. I mean, well, so the, it's also bad because it could have this whole runaway effect and that's why you get these meltdowns. So you're always constantly trying to suppress the reaction in, in a fission reaction. Like what? So you could have like a three mile Island or Chernobyl if you're not actively suppressing the reaction. And so if you have, if you think of it, like you're basically splitting the atoms apart. So if you have, um, if each atom is a beach ball and you're, and you, you know, throw a a beach ball at it, they'll constantly keep hitting each other and splitting. And so you're just getting this endless. Yeah. And so you have to kind of have to, you have to go in and stop some of those things from hitting and causing too many reactions what otherwise we just it'll... put people on the beach and like ask them to like yeah. play but be careful not to touch exactly the exactly that could be the solution yeah exactly okay keep going so that's kind of the that's fission that's fission that's what we can do now yeah and that works great but fusion is really where it's at and that's not taking things and splitting them apart, but combining them together. So if you take two atoms of hydrogen and combine them together and you get helium, it'll give you power out, but it doesn't have all those nasty effects of creating... All those beach balls. Yeah, and garbage and syringes on the Jersey shore and Mm, all that stuff. Yeah. So that's kind of where we would like to get because it has all the benefits. It produces a ton of energy um and it doesn't create any radioactive waste the problem is that 
it we can't do it. We can't do it at the moment to actually produce more power than we're putting in. We did see yesterday that coincidentally it's so weird how this happened but they did achieve that for like one nanosecond or something like that and they were saying that it's a huge breakthrough not that it's changing really anything but that it's uh i guess it's within our grasp which is why the science fiction concept is so interesting that you're referring to because it's really no longer future fiction it's like maybe possibly there so two things one the other benefit of of fusion is that it it's not one of those self-sustaining meltdown type situations you have to actively put power in for it to sustain the reaction so you wouldn't have a meltdown situation and it also doesn't produce any long-term uh radioactive waste so like if you stopped powering it it would just fizzle right because you have to actually like actively maintain it yeah so you need a beach goer who's constantly blowing air into the beach ball yeah but you have to you have what you really are doing is taking two beach balls and combining them together so that you get like a hot air balloon. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. But so the, the point is in the science fiction or sorry, in the science conversation they were having yesterday with this, with, with Margot, is that they were saying that in the show, the way they got to Mars and sort of comfortably would live on Mars is because they have achieved nuclear fusion in the show Yeah, and that they were able to bring the, you know, whatever with them and, basically have an endless source of energy that's super clean and safe is really what it comes yeah. down to. And I mean, you were saying that like there's news of ignition and everything on that came out the other day, but I mean, there have been more breakthroughs more recently in, in fusion. And there's been such a, I've, there's been a lot of focus in like the private sector and investing in this. There are a bunch of startups in California, some in, um, in Canada that are trying to do this from like a private sector standpoint and make money on it that way. Um, which is interesting because it's like normally these big research projects are funded by governments and now there's enough of an interest with climate change and everything that the private sector is also getting involved. So you do see like more and more of this stuff kind of coming out. The joke is that if you ever like follow fusion news is that, it's always 30 years out. Like that's always what they've said because. Okay. I will stop you. No, but that is not in my Twitter timeline. (laughs) This is not something I'm familiar with because I just want to repeat. You said if you follow nuclear fission news, but you don't, I don't. It's fusion news though. Whatever. This joke (laughs) is hysterical to me. (laughs) This 30 year joke. I'm just kidding. Because in the 60s, they said it was 30 years out. In the 90s, they said it's 30 years out. Today, they say it's 30 years out. So the joke is that you're you're never moving the needle. You're always trying to get to it. Well, I think that when I was younger, I want to say in the 90s, I thought the 60s were forever away, first of all. Like when we went to the moon, I'm like, that's a whole other generation ago, which yeah. in reality was not. Yeah, yeah. And now I used to think back then that in 2020 or beyond, we would get to the moon again or Mars. In my mind, I actually thought Mars in 2020. And instead of Mars, we got COVID. <laughs> so like, that's where we're at. You're that's, welcome. That's what's happening in, in our life right now. But he, listen, we're running out of time. And I just want to say that if you're not watching for all mankind, you should totally check it absolutely out. Absolutely. Check such it out. A good show. Not sponsored. Wish it was, but 
I also want to remind everyone that you truly don't know what you're going to get on this podcast because we don't even know what we're going to get on this podcast. Considering that last week was an episode all devoted to how gay Beyonce's newest album is, followed by a whole conversation about nuclear fission and fusion. Yeah. And this this podcast was brought to you by Highlights the Marine Biologist <laughs> and the Marine <laughs> Biologist Society. <laughs> and the Pluto Planetary Fund. Nope. They lost funding last week. No longer sponsored. Retract, retract. <laughs> anyway, folks, uh, check out For All Mankind. Let us know what you think. And uh, we'll see you again next week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Airstreamers podcast. See y'all. Bye. Bye.